Welcome, everyone. Conscious Thread. Friday night. That's right. May, May 14th. 2021. For those of you trying to join on Instagram, uh, trying to figure it out, I think my phone is full is the problem. And it won't let me access my camera or my microphone. Jeez. What did we trade our um, Fuck. our soft band from Facebook this yeah, week? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of rolled over to over Instagram. How about it's that? Sham. That sucks. Um, all right. Well, damn, we get a lot of followers on Instagram, but I guess we won't have Instagram, but we will have Facebook tonight. So well, good. have them come on over. Is there a well, way you can send a message? Yeah, I'll try and send a message out from our radio. Um, all right. We're just getting everything queued up. Bear with us for a minute. Just take us a few. It's pretty busy in here tonight, so we're, uh, we had a little bit of stuff to do before we got in. But yeah, hope everyone's doing good out there and keeping positive and staying in the middle, not getting all worked up from all the bullshit going on in the world. That's right, staying the gray. Jesus, it just keeps getting thicker and huh. thicker and thicker. Stick a fucking fork in it. I can't even post a picture, so it must be because my phone's full. Interesting. Oh, well. All right, well, we don't have time to fuck with it now, but... So you'll catch us on uh, WVCRadio.live, or you'll catch us on Facebook. And then uh, there won't be an Instagram show tonight. Sorry about that. And I'll, I'll put a little thing out there. But, um, man. But uh, we still have um, an outlet to the people. But anyway, tons of topics tonight. Um, never short of topics in 2021, man. Jeez. Unbelievable. Um, true. We listed them there on the side. If you're joining on Facebook, they are on the left-hand side in the comments. We just have a couple, about five topics. We'll probably get into more of that tonight. And then we also have, um, if you're following us on our Discord server, you'll see the topics as well. Um, some local stuff and some regional stuff, some global stuff. Um, lots of stuff, man. Lots of stuff to talk stuff. about tonight. And hope everyone has been, just like Clover said, stay in the middle. Hope everyone's been staying in the middle out there. It's, trying to get us all fired up again and, and fight each other again after I felt like there was some unity coming together and then it seems like there was a push again this week to try and get everyone divided again. I felt like right. last week there was kind of this like, uh, we're all coming back together again, we're all going out again, this is great. And then now like this week it's back to like divide and the, uh, a lot of, right. just seen a lot of stuff arose this week to kind of get people mad again. Well, right. <clears throat> Part of our topic Part of the stuff what we're going to talk about tonight was a little bit about the divisive narrative and how we see it keep swinging from one side to the other in a way, you know, mm -hmm. and it never really lands in the middle. Like it seems like it's getting good is because we don't hear anything. Right. And so therefore it's OK. Right. You know, it kind of goes back to normal because we're not hearing the distractions or or some crazy shit coming out. Yeah. But it. um some of the stuff come up this week after what we've been through for a year, it does seem like a distraction from something else. Like yeah. We're starting to get conditioned on one side of it to be noticing that. Yeah. You know, and that's a trigger itself. You know, it's like constantly there's something to keep us divided and right. had a talk with a friend earlier and it was really about that. You know, it was like 
we really spending our time on one side or the other debating and, and or excuse me, not debating, but going and talking about, let's say, corruption or whatever. But there's never really a resolve. There's, you know, it's like we keep discovering more corruption. And what do we really think that does to our emotional body and like to ourselves? It's like, are we going to keep finding more corruption with something? And then one day it's all going to just make sense and then it's all going to be okay? Mm-hmm. No, without a solution, a physical solution and a, and a bunch of lip service, then there is no solution. It's just driving us to be more, to feel subtly subconscious, more negative about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And to me, this whole understanding of this mind flip is what I call it, is like, that's slowly eating at people. And so we, we really feel like we're doing good by discovering this information and trying to help people, mm-hmm. but it's slowly but surely eating away at us and making us discouraged. So anyway, I just wanted to leave that there. Like that's yeah. that's been the big thing for me lately, especially. It's mm-hmm. like I've always felt like, oh yeah, I'm doing great work. I'm so valuable and I'm helping people. But in the end, like, now I I reach a saturation point to where it's like I go on there I'm just um, I'm kind of uh, put off by it yeah in a way where it's like yeah fuck I've already I already know this yeah why why do I want to swim in the shit still right you know it's like how do we take our free will and focus on a blank slate living in our lives living in the moment physically and not just talking or typing on Facebook or right doing this thing to where really when it comes down to it, we're just relating with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important thing to, to talk about at some point is just being honest about we want to relate with others that are like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, so we'll go there at some point. But yeah. it's just, a you know, this is like the fuzzy part of the peach. You know, this is the, the outer layer of everything kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like there has to be some... Uh, some investigation on this because it's really hard to stay in the middle these days. It sure is. It sure is. Um, it's a real challenge to stay in the middle. And it seems like, like I said, there seemed to be this momentum of, well, the people that weren't agreeing months ago, at least were agreeing on some things, you know, and starting to come out again. And you started seeing people uh, out and interacting and going out to eat and doing all this stuff. And you, you kind of see this, okay, like we're, this is cool. Like we're heading back. And then boom, it's like this week that you find three different things to be get posted to get people, all up angry, whether it was the, uh, you know, get get vaccinated or stay in a mask or else, you know, like, right. That, that kind was of shit. an ultimatum. Like, yeah, it was an ultimatum from the person that we elected, uh, which is crazy to be. But well, that's a general we. Yeah, but. we. I'm saying we as a country. Um, and then uh, it, it just seems like, yeah, we're just making some progress, getting things back to oh, quasi normal. Um, and then, boom, you know, hit us with uh three things to get mad at each other about regarding vaccines and masks right. and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we can all agree on the gas. I mean, I think whether you're left or right or in the middle, you all agree that the gas prices are too damn high and there's no excuse for it. I mean, the hacking thing was, we can get into that too, since you're knowledgeable on that. That's right. Um, but there again, something like we can all agree on, but then they deflect and distract with, with other shit. It's like, Oh wow! All the people who are mad at the gas prices—liberals, conservatives, independents—let's let's remove that topic and get on to something they don't agree. <laughs> you know, right? Like they didn't spend a million hours on the gas crisis and what's going on with that. No, they didn't. They resolved it quickly. They resolved it quick. Why does it have to stay like it is? Right. Why can't it just adjust itself? Right. You know, if it goes up that quick, why can't it go down that quick? Right. 
So there's more to it. Yeah. And then you have the New York Post tweeting out that um, that shortages and stuff are, are not true. The rumors of gas shortages and lines aren't true. And then you see hundreds of videos of people in North Carolina and Georgia posting the lines they're sitting in for gas. And it's like, how can the New York Post – I mean, this paper's been around for 100 years, right? Yeah. How are they putting out propaganda to the point where it's like, nothing to see here – Right. Nothing to see here when people are fucking clearly seeing it in California or in uh, Georgia and North California or North. I'm sorry, North Carolina. They're sending videos of TikToks and fucking Instagram videos of fucking long ass lines and waiting and people putting gas in shopping bags and and bringing 17 red gas cans to the gas station. Like right. this is actual footage on people's phones sharing this on social media. And the New York Post comes out and says these rumors of gas shortages and lines are like. The right. fuck, dude? It's not 1984 again when people can't go online and, and right. find out for themselves. Like the fucking videos are on everyone's phone right. of the lines. Right. So what? Are, like, what's the purpose of that? Like, what's the purpose of the New York Post blatantly putting that out there to try and like? Well, okay, it goes back to what we originally talked about in a way where it seemed for a while they were trying to stay somewhat in the middle with their with their journalism. Mm-hmm somewhat or whatever you know like they would at least talk about things others wouldn't right but then all of a sudden they're doing that and it's it's kind of like this situation you know i'm not a political guy but i'm going to say it when you hear about trump being a pro-vaxxer now right it's that same thing all of a sudden these people are flipping right flip-flopping right and it's like is it the powers that be that actually own the media that are like hey guys you gotta like mm-hmm. certain things you can't do that and so that really they're they're just another mouthpiece right. for these elite billionaires that right. own the shit that are controlling the narrative coming through the mainstream media. Because I want to say this. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is any mainstream media talking about the middle? Any of them, really, talking about any of this of a solution or like if I was a journalist, I'd be like, fuck, man, we need to like write something up that people will grab onto and there's hope to it. Right. Like, cause we do this investigative journalism and we have a team that does all this web scraping and all this stuff. And like, there's tons of shit they could find that like budgets yeah. supporting food movements or whatever, Anything like ways, positive. <laughs> any way that people can find the middle. Like right. if you don't like this, Here's this option. If you don't like, people will grab onto that like it's like they're fucking in the desert and haven't drinking water and food for months. Right. Like, I'm serious. At this point, especially. At this point. Especially with the vax, especially with the COVID, especially with all this other stuff that just keeps happening one after another. Right. And that's another thing is like, ever since the presidency shift, all this stuff, it just seems one after another, there just keeps being with this guy, Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what the fuck's up, guy? Are you all happy with who you got in because you got Trump out? Right. Still hoping for a woman. But in the meantime, like, what's going on? Are you guys happy about the shit show that this guy's dealing with? What about the border? What about what he said? And you know, it's like all this stuff. It's like mm-hmm. there's no real middle ground in any of that. And that's what's concerning to me. Yep. It's like it just seems like one distraction after another. another. It is. It's distraction. Just as you start coming together on stuff on things that you can right. find common ground on that we've been so polarized for the last year at each other. You know, we finally find some middle ground and people are finally like, oh, well, you're vaccinated. Well, I can take off my mask and oh, that's cool. And we all go back out and things are loosening up and then boom, it's like, right. boom, find something to, to rile them up again and, and disagree upon again. And um, <laughs> I know it's just, right. obviously there's a plan to it there's, there's to keep us divided. Some divided kind of divisive. strategy in this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, definitely. you know, and I feel like, you know, supporting both sides, like if there's something we could all do to agree on, it would be to, if once I could help the other validate that information and find a common ground. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, a, is there, is that in humans these days? To not be segregated in their minds by political belief mm-hmm. that they can work together separate from their belief of that and say like, well, here, you know, this is why it's like that. Oh, okay. Well, I don't believe that. And this is why I don't believe that. Oh, okay. Well, but then here's other information. And like humanity work together to find a common ground. Like right. where is that in people instinctually at this point? Right. That is the part for me where I'm dumbfounded. Even the people that I relate more with on one side, it's like, they're getting bitter about the other side in some way, whether it's vaxxers or right. Biden or whatever. It's like, right. where do we find the compassion for that other side and ask them for their assistance? Mm-hmm. Where do we, you know, bow down in respect and in humility and say like, hey, do you have any information to help me understand why it seems so not present? Like, how do you feel about that? It's yeah. not just a conspiracy. It's not just this. Yeah. What's your scholastic, intelligent mind have to say about this? You know, it's like this one dude I met recently who was vaccinated and and we were t- he was just constantly because he knew that I was against it. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's just constantly justifying his reasoning. And yeah. then I'm like, but bro, let's sit down sometime and educate each other. Right. Like I'll bring my research to the table and you bring your research. And you know what his answer was? He goes, well, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to tell that any research is valid anymore. It's like, is that your fucking cop out? Yeah. Like really, bro? Yep. Like it's all just so fucked up. And so here was my answer to that was like, okay, then isn't there something wrong then if it's like that? Right. Why wouldn't we want to? Want no, to. you're just going to accept that it's all fucked it's and easier that way. might as well get vaccinated. Yep. So anyway. I know. It's just absurd to me. It's like, where is the intelligence in our peoples? Like, I know. On both sides. Yeah. Where do we care about humans? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. And you think that the caring is getting it. And that's the, like, that's, those are the people is that caring are caring. Is caring racist now? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing that, you know, morally and socially is acceptable to be showing that you're caring and is to get the vaccine. That's how they're painting it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it, okay, we can go on and on and Brown on about eyes that. Matter, and, dude. But, um, yeah, I mean, they had to stop the animal testing because all the animals were dying. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's where we're at. Don't tell me I don't tell me I need to take it to be better for humanity when the fucking no. animals were dying oh, in the dude, lab. That, <laughs> that shit pisses me off when we have to role play being good people. Right. Obviously it's putting all natural in the name. It's like you're right. either a good person or or right. you struggle with that. And the whole thing is like that doesn't determine whether you're a good person because the MSM says, Oh, you need to be considerate, you need to be right. mindful and do this for others. It's like Fuck yourself. Right. Like, no, I don't need to do that. You wear your mask if you need to. Right. You get vaccinated if you need to. Right. I'll do what I need to. You stay focused on you. I'll right. stay focused on me. Don't come out if you're afraid of me. No problem. Oh, but you want to come out, so you want me to stay home? Right. So you can come out? It's like, that's segregation. Yeah. That's racism in its own way. Mm-hmm. Like it's just constantly dividing us. It is constantly, and now there's the big. Now this is be, I mean, this will be around for years, right? 
I mean, the the fact, the argument of the vaccine and the people that... Oh, COVID's now you have, move. like, Yankee Stadium. If you go to a Yankees game, like, they have a vaccinated, unvaccinated section. Like, this is, like, no different than the water fountains in the 60s, you know? Like, oh, you can't use that water fountain. You're black. Oh, oh you can't use that water fountain. You haven't been vaccinated. Like, what? It just, it just, just replace African-American or any other nationality with vaccinated or unvaccinated. So what we're doing to people, we're, we're segregating, like you said, we're segregating people based on a medical choice. Right. Like That's crazy. Dude. It's crazy. Our medical history is not even supposed to be public. Right. It's something shared between you and your doctor. Right. Right? It's called the Hippocratic Oath the doctor takes not to discuss it with anybody else but you. Right? But yet now we want to announce it. Everyone wants to announce their medical history to the world, and I have to announce it, what I did with my body to the, everybody else to feel what? validated and that I'm doing the right thing as a person. No, because all because those people that are afraid, right. they need to know to watch out for you. Right. That's what it, it comes down to. Right. Watch out from what? You've had the vaccine. Right. Well, what about all these <laughs> lifetimes up till now? All of a sudden we forget yeah. everything yeah. up till now. That's the part that scares me is that so many people are that blank slate. Like just as soon as this happened, they forget about all of existence up till now. Prior. All the science of our bodies, the immune system doing yep. what it does, yep. which brings us to that vax thing where this specific vax dum- uh, dumbs down the other innate immune aspects that can defend against everything else. Right. And so now we're susceptible to even more just by fighting this one thing, you know, right, so when honestly testing or OK, not even testing, getting the covid is something we should be welcoming as as Right. Any normal world. Right. So that we can fight it. And if you can't, then you deal with it from there. Right. That would be the natural way of things, in my understanding. Yep. So where the fuck is, where's our heads? I don't know. It's a year of year programming. Wow. And that's fast, though. It didn't take long, though, for that to really click in. Nope. Nope. I mean, there was resistance. And why? Because people couldn't push the pleasure button and go out and do their pleasurable thing that yeah. they want to do that they define their identity from. Yep. Like, oh, I'm just going to go people watch and have dinner and look good and oh, so fucking awesome. <laughs> but that's like the totality of most of our existence at this point. Like, really, people? Like, it's we're being called upon to activate the higher sense of ourself and dig a little deeper. Like, what the fuck are we doing here on the planet? Yep. Not... Like I get it, normal is going out and pleasure plant hunting, right? But it's like no, we're being asked to dig a little deeper than that. that ain't, that ain't normal. Yeah, that's what was normal, and we're realizing that we've got to make a different kind of normal more important. Yep. Anyway, that's my opinion. Yeah, and I think you know someone I heard talking about this earlier today, and you brought it up a couple of podcasts ago was um, did like detaching yourself from the screen, detaching yourself like, yeah, just go somewhere. Go uh, even people when going on hikes now and walks, they take their phone and they're on their phone even when they're hiking and walking in nature. It's like go somewhere without it, without it. Spend twenty four to thirty two hours without it, and that's watch a new your challenge. watch your mood. Watch the way your body just settles back into how it should be and all right. the anger and all that goes away when right. you just disconnect even for a day, 24 hours. It just go, it's amazing, you know, what it does to your, right. your internally, what so does to your true. body. It takes all that uh, aggression and all that anger that you're reading on this fucking screen, right. getting you the fear porn, you know, right. and you take that away and just reconnect. Like you mentioned, you talk, let's just 32 hour challenge or 24 hour challenge, put it down, right. take a walk. Go outside, out go out, do, go in the garden and put your phone in the house. 
Like, and just see how you feel better when you come back from that. Like, watch you notice your mood. Watch. And and in that, like, watch what you, what your instincts do when you're without your phone. Like, you, like, we're attached to the external. So we observe nature. Like, when we're out, we're like, whoa, like, you know, we have to always be doing something. So it's like, when we're not on the phone, we're naturally just taking in the information around us. And in that... Like you're saying, like it just soothes and heals us, really. It's like right. this natural thing just by doing that. And everybody, that's our nature. That's what we're that's what we're, we're supposed here. to be here. Yeah. Now, how we learn from our environments and yeah. if even if you want to people watch, just set your fucking phone down. That's our challenge to humanity, whoever's right. listening. See what happens. We wanna hear back from you. Like, how's your life changed in two days right. by not being on your phone? Right, your moods. Can you do it? Yeah. And if you can't, check yourself before you wreck yourself because you gotta. We gotta be honest with ourselves instead of intellectually justifying a lack of self control, and and then trying to think like we're beneficial to others. Right? How the fuck can that physics line up? Yeah. No, it's it just lip service. It's reading too many books, thinking you're smart, and having an emulated virtual sense of intelligence when really. You're completely disconnected from you, yourself, your surroundings, and what your call to nature is. What's your true service to humanity? Right. Is to be an observer and to be the best you can be by what you observe and how you interact with your nature and and others and how you be an example to your children and how they learn from you every single day. And any one of you who's sitting out there following along and not tending to that you're programming your children with what your fear is. That's right. And they're wide open slates. So take responsibility. That's all we encourage. Yep. This is a challenge. Set your fucking phone down. Yep. And get out there and enjoy yourself. Yep. Enjoy nature while we can. Yeah. See, the problem is there's there's um there's so much information now. And it's just it's so many and like you said, like people are like you mentioned earlier in your story, like I can't decide I can't judge what information is real and what isn't anymore what's well, because like there's just so much like we're just right. boom it's constant it's constant it's constant it's constant your phone you're on your phone you're constantly getting this feed and this feed and this feed and this news feed and, and it's just like it's so overwhelming for us spiritually right you know clear you, the slate just clear it and reconnect right. reconnect right it's like a fast yeah. when you get too full of shit right you gotta clean it out and just reset right and it's the same thing. Why wouldn't it be that way? Why wouldn't we have a saturation point? Yep. Everything is like that. You need oil changes on your car. Everything goes to it. It breaks down. Right. And so we're at that point right now, I feel, as humanity, yep. especially in America, because we're like the state capital of Babylon. Yep. We're like the place where all this shit's playing out, and we're just caught right in front of ourselves. Like It's like this subconscious thing looking for pleasure because that's our only escape from not knowing how to respond. Right. And so as long as we do that, we're continually burying that rep- oppressed energy inside of us. Yeah. And we're not able to connect with our true self. And as this keeps going on, we're going to lose more and more sense. And this brings me to a topic of this common cold that happens every spring and every fall. Right. Like just one year cycle, a lot of people I've noticed have completely forgotten all of existence till now and that our bodies go through these seasonal changes for your immune building system right, setup. Right. And with that, a lot of people, because of this COVID mindset, they immediately, immediately 
forget that they had 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 have had common colds right. and they immediately think they have COVID, so they go right to the doctor when they never would have before. Ever. Ever. What you call cold. the sniffles of death. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, now I gotta go to the doctor and then right. they get tested positive. Right. And here's the question someone asked me to ask tonight, and hopefully someone has an answer. Are we locally where we get tested? Are they PCB tests? Don't, good question. Don't know if they switched or them. PCR or whatever they call PCR test. I don't know if they switched it over yet. They were supposed to get rid of all the PCR tests um, everywhere, but I don't, I don't know. So it would be yeah. good for us to do stats on how many have been right. and how many tested positive compared to the other tests and how many didn't. Yeah. Because that's a big thing because immediately uh, it seems the unconscious folk get knocked down a notch and now it's a level of depression that they have COVID now. Right. Now they're the infected. Right. And it's that mindset that just breaks down the soul. Yeah. Like it's it's constantly working at us to break us down. Yeah. In so many other ways. When, dude, I had COVID. I have COVID. I got COVID-83. It's a light itch. But, hey, it's it's what it is. Right. right. You know? Right. And stay fucking 50 feet away from me, please. <laughs> Try and have a smoke over here. What the fuck? Just yeah, what well, brings up the other? I just wanted to touch on it real quick. With uh, people saw the Yankees story. I talked to you about it a little bit last night. But eight members of the Yankees tested positive after all having been fully vaccinated. Uh, oh we mentioned God. on last week's podcast about our friend who was trying to go to Hawaii who had been vaccinated and then she tested positive before she got on her flight and couldn't go. Uh, there's a lot, and then the CDC announced last week that they're not going to keep track of people that get COVID after they've Why already been they? vaccinated. Why would they do that? Because why would you ever? It would make that? your vaccine look. It's terrible. Well, right. And that's the <laughs> fucked up part of it. But why would you ever? Why if would it's you? Science. Right. Oh, is that science term? Yeah. Well, how science. is science following up with that? I don't you know? know if they're following that science. That Why would you get it after you've been vaccinated? It's fucking crazy. And then the report today when they talked about the Yankees, of course, because it was the Yankees. You, now you have to have an open discussion about it. Right. Because it's the fucking Yankees. It's not the Tampa Bay Rays or the uh, Florida Marlins or, you know. It's uh, Miami Marlins. It's the fucking Yankees. So they had to talk about it. And, of course, uh, the only article that I w read on it real quick today was on Yahoo. And, of course, it's right away with uh, scientists that we interviewed said, this is very normal. Like, like <laughs> this is very normal to get vaccinated and get it. This is very normal because right. Where it's not normal stats? when you do the measles. It's not normal when, uh, for the right. other vaccines that you make the kids take. Uh, but this is normal. This is expected and normal. Okay. I just want to make sure because... Right. Uh, before that would have been taboo to mention you got the measles after getting the measles vaccine. Right. It would People wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But it's just, just so they were so easily to put it down as this is very normal. That shows how malleable most folks are these days. Right. right. And we hope you malleable folks are listening. Yeah. yeah. Because we're trying to help here by yeah. bringing some perspective in the middle of like yeah. these questions that we all kind of ask ourselves, but we're afraid to talk about because we don't want to get shamed right. because we're all looking for more friends, right. more to validate us and make us feel better about our self-love issues that we have that we haven't dealt with yet. Right. And really, because of the oppression over all these lifetimes, that is what I feel is being played on in this whole thing, is playing on people's self-worth. And because of that, they're able to keep us polarized in this whole experience to where we don't even have time to figure that shit out because we're dealing now with the shit in our face. Right. And it's like people don't want to sit at home for a month and figure out their mommy daddy issues. No, they need, they've been locked down all year. They need some human attention. Right. And so with that, they're in this huge conundrum right now. Yep. They're stuck, bro. Yep. You know, it's like, anyway, yeah, 
crazy. Yep, it is crazy. It is crazy. Well, you had some other topics on well, here. Well, why don't we go into the um, Sir Biden and what he had to say? Oh, yeah, since we're Just on that. Just because we're on that topic. Just we're on that topic. Yeah, so the quote, well, I want to make sure we get the, the quote. It was a tweet, actually, right? Yeah. So, um, well, there's a bunch of articles after it, but yeah. It was yeah, the tweet. tweet started the whole discussion. So the tweet was um, just two choices, right? You get your your vaccine or you keep wearing a mask. Right. Or it was kind of an ultimatum. It was kind of an ultimatum. The way it like, was laid out. Yeah. So, But then I just told you that eight Yankees got the vaccine and then just got COVID. Right. So, so what is the vaccine doing again? And our friend that just got the vaccine tried to go, why he just got COVID? Okay, but, but here would be the discussion is... But you have the vaccine. Right. But you have COVID, so you can still infect, but you got the vaccine, so it's kind of okay. It's okay. Where, what science matches that? I don't what know. What matches science that? Science matches what that. What perspective? What mindset? I don't. They're just exhausted, so they don't want to think about it. Right. Right. Like, but they got vaccinated. It's, it's supposed to be okay. It's supposed to be. But it's experimental. But experimental in the trial stage. But then people ask, well, how do you know it's experimental? Because you read the fucking documentation that comes with the yeah. vaccine. And how about, well, they just had the, the, the debate in the Texas Senate about the whether to have kids get it before going back to school. And the point they brought up was in the animal trial period for the vaccine, before they released it to the public, when they did the animal portion of the trial, all the animals were dying. And so they skipped working on the animal portion. They brought Whoa. this up at the Texas Senate meeting about getting giving it to kids. Oh, this yeah, is a very I think important. I saw that. I, there was a big video recently yeah. that everyone's watching. Yeah. yeah. Well, that it's, that's not a conspiracy theory or some. It, they, they tried the animal testing period. It did not go well with the animals, and they just as soon as they got the emergency clause where they're not well, they're not vaccine companies are yeah. never liable for any of their shit that they make. As soon as they were uh, deemed non-liable for any of the things they pushed out, they said, "Okay, well, we'll just skip the animal stage. We'll just move on. Humans will be the trial." All right. So that's where we're at. So this is still the trial clinical trial period right right right. so that's why people are still getting it after getting the vaccine you're still getting covid like it's not and from what i've heard they become the spreaders actually right because the vaccine activates the virus right and now they're actually worse than people that have had it with the immune system right because the immune system has dealt with it enough to keep them not as infected as spreading it but the vaccine actually makes it active to be spreadable right a friend also sent something earlier posted about schools and how they're it's you don't need consent from the parents age 15 or older yeah to where they're going to basically force the children by peer pressure yep when they get ready to go to school to get vaccinated or give them free shit right right like here's some notebooks some more pleasure an extra gym class an extra uh, free period well you can go sit by that girl you like (laughs) without a mask Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, Indiana's doing a, a million-dollar uh, lottery. You, know, you get a, entered into the lottery if you get the vaccine, and you just mentioned about McDonald's putting vaccines on all their cups and fry fries containers yeah. and all the shit that's killing people. So people are getting diabetes from eating too much McDonald's, right. which makes them more susceptible to dying from COVID because we learned through all this year of data that if you've had three pre-existing conditions – that you're more like your percentage of dying from COVID goes astronomically up. Right. Right. But yeah, here's McDonald's, the cause of diabetes Jesus in our nation Christ. and they're supporting getting vaccine. <laughs> it's oh just the irony God. is too much. It's too much. It's like, a clown show. Like it's, you said it's, earlier, it's clown world. It's like, like they have this company killing people with diabetes saying, go get your vaccine. So you don't die from us giving you diabetes. If you get COVID <laughs> basically, Jesus, I don't know. That's how I look at it. 
when you're putting on a product that yeah. gives people diabetes. And it's not even a bad thing, really, when you look at it, because like some of us, I've done my research. I understood what the coronaviruses are. Yeah. They're all coronaviruses. They're all coronaviruses. They've been around and for And this years. one might be a mutation because it was experimented on and blah, blah, blah. Right. And recently, I've been seeing data come out in mainstream media that has actually verified the research I did months ago. Yeah. Which I was so surprised that it wasn't released earlier. But hey, I know that mainstream media is what it is. But it's funny that it's coming out to show like its origins. And it's not really novel. It's like something that's been around for a long time. And so yeah. if anybody would just do some research, just spend time not hoping for pleasure and do some fucking research, you would find that out yourself. And I think things would come to a balance because we have so much power as the people to really have them work for us, not be given an ultimatum, either get the vax or wear a mask. Like we're just fucking following orders as a collective and that scares me, bro. Yeah. That's what brings up all this passion in me. That's that's the whole problem with sitting around for a year and being programmed. Right. When you're not living your everyday life and busy with work and busy with kids and busy with after kid and putting the kids a bit and you don't have that those distractions and you're just sitting around watching the box all day being programmed right. with nowhere else to go. That's right. why everyone's just falling in line so easy. And all right, one more one more big push in the advertising of get off your fucking phone. Right. We're doing a campaign. Don't worry about pleasure or validation from other humans. Just take a break for a few days. Yeah. Fucking don't worry. You ain't going to miss nothing. You're not going to miss out. All your friends will be there. Just put it down and see what happens. Right. Set the fucking phone down. Watch your mood shift. Right. You know? And and let's hear about that positive. Right. I want to hear more about that. Right. So, and yeah. And call us and tell us. 530-859-0161. 530-859-0161. Call us or text us. Give us your experience. Try it for 24 hours. That's Try right. it for a Sunday. Post on our WVC Just radio um, at Facebook or Instagram. Yep. Like send us some information. We want to include that. Right. We want to get this information and bring it out to more people. Like, right. Make a little box on Sunday morning. Put your phone in that box and just do the day without it. Right. You know, go in the yard, go do stuff. You know, just put it, your phone in the box on a Sunday. No one's calling you. You don't need anything going on a Sunday. Right. And just try it for 24 right. hours and pick it up again on Monday and see how that Sunday went. Right. See where your mood went. And see how addicted you are. Right. To other humans. Right. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, are you that needy of a person? Yeah. Like, it's important mm -hmm. to look at this. If we're going to heal our little addictions... These are the kind of things that we need to look at in ourselves. Right. Otherwise, we're not going to really be able to make it through things. Right. Like, no matter what you do that's unhealthy, you have to reach a saturation point and shift the toxicity somehow. You got to get it moving out of you. Yeah. And this is the biggest one. It's the most hidden, you know, because, oh, I can relate with them. No one helps me. Well, yeah, that's so does heroin. Right. <laughs> It's fun to do heroin with other people, right? I get it. And to feel high for that period of time. Right. But the come down is bad. It's horrible. When, and the come down from social media and all this other stuff is that when you realize how much of your life you spent seeking that, you're going to kick yourself. And that's what I see. That's what I'm trying to get at in all this is that's going to bury you in depression at some point that you spent all that time seeking validation yep. and, and other people for some sense of who you are in your identity that when you realize this, that's going to be a hard one to fight off. Right. Because it's such a fucking absurd thing. Right. It is. And newsflash, people aren't thinking about you 
after you're offline. Oh, right? that's so. We have up. this concept no, of like unless they want to get in they're there. They're constantly thinking about like no unless people. They want to get something from you like they, sex, right? But what else is there, bro? Right. Love is sex yeah. in these worlds. People aren't thinking about you. <laughs> When you're not around them. That's so fucked up. It's, it's so truth, true, though. though. It's the truth. Everyone has this concept of like, oh, my God, people are thinking. No, they're not. They're not thinking no. about you. Chances are they're thinking about themselves. And that's that's it. <laughs> but we and have what this, they like, can ah, get like, from, other, from people. other people. Right. It's like if you're not responding fast enough, they're going to find someone else. Right. To get that attention from. Right. Right. But we'll end that there. We're going to break these habits. We'll go on to next, new topics. Yeah. So we have some um, local or not local. Some. Uh, Pacific Northwest stuff about a school board president yeah, tell me in about Bellingham, this. Washington, yeah. reading to first graders about transgender and all this. That's one thing. But then this person owns a all-ages sex shop. Right. Okay? I'm going to bring this shit up. You have the link, right? It just disgusts me to think about this. And you know what's funny is I post it and there's no response because like people don't know what to say. Right. Because it touches so fucking close to home for so many people. So when I when I bring this page up for Young American Foundation, Young America's Foundation, the fucking headline on here is Jen Mason, head dildo at Wink Wink, mom to the world's raddest ginger, trans, or whatever. Anyway, this is where our world is going to. This fucking disgusts me personally. No, hey, I get it. You all have your preference. You can justify love as being sex and somehow getting pleasure as intimacy as somehow equating to Mm self-love. But to force this upon our children, these fucking people are vampires. They are justifying their own issues with their mommy and daddy, justifying it to the point of they call it love and that they need pleasure to equate to self-worth and love to where they'll even be on a school board to harvest children's energy and get them to for their own energy for themselves. Disgusting. Like that shit fucking Oh, uh, I know it's it's terrible. It's ter- the kids they're that age. Like <laughs> and we talked about this on previous too. When you're that age, I mean you like dad, I'm Superman. I'm Superman. No, we, yeah, you're Superman, buddy. I get it. Yeah, you're not Superman though. No. You're you're you and you know, you can play Superman, pretend you're Superman, but these kids at that age, you they the reality hasn't set in yet. They're so, so young and so impressionable. And to feed that to them, like, you're just planting seed. All you're doing you're is planting seed. You're programming Because... With your bullshit. As a parent, you know you can do that to kids at that age. I mean, I could tell my kids to get in a NASCAR, and they're in a NASCAR instantly. Like, right. you're, they're sponges, right? So right. why are we introducing it to them? Why can't they figure it out on their own as they become teenagers and start hitting puberty and learning about what they are inside that's give fine give them time to give them time themselves. why do we have to rush and and plant these seeds in these kindergarten one, well, first that's, graders that's the part and then you own an all age sex shop it's obvious you're a fucking pedophi- pedophile it's, it's it's customers for life <laughs> it's fucking gross dude yeah it's a business plan oh dude these people are going down yeah, it doesn't make sense to program kids that young I, i'm fine with uh, with anything Anything regarding the like transgender, uh, I'm fine with that. But but you should learn it naturally through you growing through puberty and learning who you are inside. And that and I'm totally fine with with all of that. But to start these kids this young and that they need to learn about it at four and five and six and seven, like why? Like why do we need to throw these problems and complicated things on kids this young 
when their life is supposed to be fun right now. It's supposed to be playing and right. playing tag and exploring bugs and playing in the grass. And why are we throwing social issues on them at four and five and six especially and seven. our own unresolved right ones. that's fucked up can't they just come to it naturally when they get to that age and it's those people are on one side justifying their own inadequacy uh. and and getting the children to support it so they're raising a generation of people to support their issues so they don't have to do the work right to find love right no it's not love it's fucking sexploitation no. right is the word right i'm gonna read this real fast yeah so it's from yaf.org. <clears throat> I'm not the best reader, so bear with me here. A first grade teacher in Washington read her students a book pushing transgender ideology as the school district sat back and did nothing, according to an anonymous tip through YAF's campus bias tip line. Jennifer Miller, a first grade teacher in Bellingham School District, subjected her six and seven year old students to I Am Jazz, a book that details a two year old biological male beginning his transition to become a female with the support of his parents. Two-year-old. Yeah. Did you read the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Two-year-old's only potty trained. Dude, they haven't even found the thing yet. Dude. God damn it. Two-year-old. Did you read this book first to first graders today? She asked. One outraged parent asked in an email to the teacher showing a screenshot of I Am Jazz. Yes, I did read this book, Miller replied. As a district, we are working hard to support all members of our school community and promote inclusion through understanding and compassion. Concerned parents reached out to school administrators and the school board, both of whom refused to take action. An investigation by YAF, YAF revealed that Jennifer Mason, president of the Bellingham School Board, owns and operates a self-described all-ages sex toy shop. Head dildo at winkwinkboutique.com. How is that even legal? I know. It's fucking disgusting. According to a local paper, Mason said, while the store only sells to those ages 16 and older, people of any age can be in the store. I want to show people if sex isn't something to be ashamed about. At two? Then I should be able to, uh, at, to be an elected official and own a sex shop at the same time, Mason told the local paper. That's what it means to live our values. Values. Well, she's right that she's able to own a sex shop, but not a fucking all ages. And to live your value. values. What values? Well, that's Can your you value. But that va yeah, but 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 what value is that? Yeah, a two-year-old. Sex is love. I want to bring my two-year-old to seven-year-olds in a sex shop, sex toy shop, mm -hmm. and explain that to them. Yeah. Well, it's first of all, explain sex so bougie. to a seven-year-old to a four-year-old. Yeah, don't you remember You're just the wasting your time. <laughs> Second of all, fuck. bring them to a shop and let them and then explain what everything is to kids that young? That's not that's those aren't values. You're gonna blow out their aperture at a young age. Those aren't values. That's, that's fucking programming. Diarrhea from day one. Programming. Mason, who had held her presidential position since twenty seventeen, was approached by concerned parents about pushing transgenderism on first grade children first grade children she did not provide a response to their concerns no shit an angry parent went so far as reaching out to the bellingham public schools Good. superintendent greg baker with his with her, his concerns baker refused to engage over emails with the parent and instead requested a phone call but shut down the idea once the parent asked if they could record the call sure 
Mason did not res- respond to YAF's questions whether if her position working with young children is a conflict of interest. Bellingham School District also did not reply to YAF's request for comment. It's no surprise that someone like Mason who promotes sex toys to children of all ages would ignore concerns about pushing far left gender identity politics into the classroom. Mason's qualifications to serve in a role advising the education and curriculum of young children should be questioned and parents should make their voices heard. It should definitely be questioned and everyone walking in and out of that shop should be followed home. That's right. (laughs) I mean, in my opinion, like people that go to a store like that, an all ages sex toy shop, like they should be followed on the way home. (laughs) Like what, what good... What positive and good could possibly come out of a sex shop for all ages? Nothing. What what good? More pedophilia. More More pedophilia. pedophilia. All those people should be tagged and followed. Well, you know what? One time when I was child protective services should be following every one of those cars home. That's right. And those kids are in danger. They are in danger. And one time when I posted about pedophilia, I was really honest, kick about hang them all, you know, like Someone randomly commented, said, that's a little too close to the LGBT community, LGBTQ community. I'm like, so what does it matter? And they're like, yeah, but it, you know, it's a little too close to the rest of us. And I'm like, who who cares? This is fucking pedophilia. These are kids. And it was was like they were trying to justify it. And it's like people so hung up on sex as an identity and that they're fucking pleasure vampires that they have no clue that they're so caught up in their own fucking selfish, fucking needy, vampiric selves that they justify it. Yeah. It's like, what else do you do for humanity that's any good? Like, and and at this level, you're obviously that you're not here to do any good for humanity. You're here to feed on the youngest, unconscious most tender, sacred beings that are our future. Right. So you, you, at some point in your mind, you decide that teaching them about their sexuality at ages two to fucking whatever, 10, let's go to 12. Teaching the right. kids about their sexuality is more important than turning them on to dinosaurs or sports or, or nature. nature. Like Where we got to we go right from? into the fucking oh, sexuality. Yeah, that, that's at two, at three, at four. Well, that's pushing an agenda. It is. It's an agenda. It's definitely an agenda. And why? Like, have a conversation with your five-year-old. First of all, <laughs> they're not even comprehending half of anything you're saying. Second of all, you're going to bring them and, and just introduce sexuality to someone that, that's innocent and that pure. Yeah. And, like, there's a million other things to teach them. Imagine doing that to your children. A bro. million other Imagine things. Imagine doing that to your kids. No. No, I know. it's sick. It is sick. And just so everyone know, winkwinkboutique.com, yeah. it, we're leaving it up for now. <laughs> but it might not be up for very long. So yeah. you might want to go check it out if well, you, you want to go find your sex can. toys for your children. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. You fucking heathens. How are you even even able to get a business permit for that? That's what. Well, it wasn't made that way, obviously. Obviously, it's it wasn't like once you get it, that way. then it's like, no, it's 16 or older, but we'll let them all in. And I, I just like the next thing is who's behind those paneled walls. Like when you the screen rolls up and you put the quarter in. Right. That's fucking fuck. No, it's too bougie for that. You go get your latte and you go on in. 
go, you know. Can we just let kids hit puberty gross, and bro. figure it out for themselves? I know. Well, that's the thing. That's our future. Like that's, that's our fucking future. And and they're all going to be hung up on sex's identity. At that age? Yeah. It's fuck. Ugh. Who should be thinking about that at hey, that age? And whoever's having a problem with what we're saying or me or oh. whatever, contact me directly, please. Fine. Because well, I want to have this I would discussion. love to hear the I want your name. I want your email. I want your fucking phone number. I would love to hear an argument, a debate. How can you argue that side? And obviously they can't because no, every time you reach them for comment, they, they, they deny. But I want to have a phone call, they deny. You know. No, I'll be in touch with her soon. Yeah, it, it's fucking, it's, it's, I don't understand why the need. I just, I get to bring um, awareness to the LBGD, the gay community. I, I get bring awareness to all those things, but why do we have to start so young? Like, why can't, why do we have to start so young? I, I just don't understand that. What's the rush? What's the rush? Like, what can't we let them More be kids? More sex, bro. What do you think? Can we let them be kids? More tender vittles. Until puberty. No, bro. It's what do you what do you expect from these people? They That's just crazy. they have nothing else but sex, bro. They just want pleasure. It's crazy, man. It's sick. Yeah, it's been a rough week for me thinking about this because it just makes me want to do bad things. <laughs> CPS should. I swear to God, I'm dead serious. They should follow every fucking car home. They should. Like, what could possibly be going on good in those homes and with, how that have kids? Not gone viral. Yeah. Yeah. How have you not heard about it till I said I didn't something? hear anything about it until you That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Because it would... <laughs> well, yeah, it comes down to the whole pink sweater. I'll just leave it there. All right. This is ridiculous, dude. I, no. I can't even imagine having that conversation with my kid. I'm a pretty open parent. Like, I probably talk about oh, I'm very things open. going on in the world that I shouldn't even... I support all genders that way. And, and, 100%. People are people. That's it. Yeah. Go do your thing in your own sacred space. Right. But when you start imposing yourself and your unresolved issues and justifying it to the point to where you're programming your kids at the youngest age you can. Right. That means that you want, you're a vampire, bro. Right. You want to suck their energy from them. Yep. For yourself. For yourself. Because why, when you choose a book to read to a, a, a pre-K class, why wouldn't you choose a book about animals or nature or dinosaurs? Yeah. Why? How we got Why do here. you have to quickly go How into? How we got here, you know. You're gonna quickly go into right. that. So and so's not sure about their gender at two, Are at four. No, they're not even sure about at seven. Anything? They're just they're not, big sponges. Yeah, you're just like. <laughs> I know. Bro. These thoughts have never crossed their minds. Nor would they ever. And then they shouldn't until they hit puberty. Why are we rushing? Why That's are we right. rushing? Why can't they just let oh them be God. kids? Uh, Can we just let them be kids? The other thing, and this isn't the same topic, but uh, there's been a lot of uh, buzz the last two weeks about um, even California and Newsom came out and announced that they're going to allow kids to start school earlier. And, and they keep wanting to, to start school earlier, extend school years, except for when they close schools down for COVID, and then, and then make the school years go longer and then add education onto uh, um Community colleges and four-year universities now, or five-year universities. Like they just want to keep kids indoctrinated and in school as long as possible. Now, right? right now, you want to start them even earlier. This is a problem as well, because you're stealing their like you're stealing their youth. Like right. there's no reason, and I and maybe parents would disagree with me on this. I'm sure there there's some that will. I don't see a reason to start your kid at four years old in a in a structured school environment. Professional parents. Like, well, they, well, they're they need... supposed to be playing and learning right. from playing. Right, exactly. Like it's proven that playing 
as kids does more for them than sitting in a classroom trying to teach well, that's a, truly a four-year-old. Themselves. That's giving them the chance to find themselves. Right. You know, to really discover right. themselves and their environment and their life yeah. and what the, what it all exists and to observe and give yeah. them that freedom to observe. Yeah. It's just such a, it's so controlled now yeah. that it's like turned into this whole other thing to where... Indoctrination. It's doc- it, it is. It is. And... Most of the folks don't even know right. that they're doing that. Right. That's the fucked up that's part. That's the fucked up part. Well, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. We're trying to bring this topic to the air yeah. and and find some middle ground in it. And know? I think one of the positive, oh, sorry, the positives of COVID is that so many parents had to homeschool that right. now you're seeing them take them back to school and parents are like, oh, well, you know what? It was kind of cool at home doing it my way, Right. which is, okay. God, it's so hard to convince people that it's okay to teach your kids at home but there's a reason why most folks don't is because they're lazy well and that's one part but i just want to say this is most folks had children before they spread their wings and so they never got the chance to fulfill that deep yearning pleasure desire and so by that when the the kids go to school it's this part where they get time to themselves oh yeah right Right. But that's really what it is yeah. in the general glorified sense. Glorified babysitting. Yeah. It's glorified babysitting so they can sit on Facebook right. and do and whatever they do. And by their kid. Right. 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 And that's how fucked up shit is really right. at, under the hood. Right. And it's like how many people are that honest with themselves? Right. That that's what they really do. Right. Because those are the people that won't take on the homeschooling or in-schooling or whatever the fuck PC terms are. Yeah. But... When, like you were saying, they see way more value in actual education happening in their child when they spend the time with them. Right. The kids are they're they're, they it. trust you. Right. And you know them. And so there's you know how to access their educational side, their scholastic, intelligent learning side of them right. to where they'll they'll be open and receptive and take it in right away. Yeah. So to me, there's so many more benefits. Yeah. To not needing to fulfill our pleasures and need time away from your kids because you never did it before. You know, it's like. Well, these tests scheduled, like everyone's got, like every kid's got to be done in the same thing. Like, okay, ask any parent that has three kids. What's the first thing they'll tell you? They're all so fucking different, right? You have three kids. They're all so different. But we all expect them to be at this point, at this point. And every, you got to be reading it, and you got to yeah. be doing math by this, and you got to be. It doesn't make no, sense. It doesn't make any sense. You, you have three kids. You see it every day when you wake up. They're all fucking different. They all learn different. They all talk different. They all have different thoughts. They all have di- like they're different. Kids are different. Every kid is fucking individual and unique, right? But then we all you want to indoctrinate them in the school as early as possible and get them all testing so that they're all finishing at the same time. Like it just the for whole, what the whole plan? I know for, for what to, to indoctrinate business? them into being slaves, into being business, and listen, yeah, and, and obey money. and being compliant. There you go, bro. That's the bigger picture, which is, is why they're trying to cut down on charter schools and homeschooling and why COVID just threw a big fucking monkey wrench into it because parents are like, oh, God, a lot of them are having these epiphanies like, I don't have to send them. And most, here's the irony, is most of those alternative schools were progressive left. And so now they're like, they're indoctrinated. They're the ones that have been played to where they're so a fucking afraid because they really don't do. They just want pleasure and they just right. want a bougie. Right. That now they're they're the ones flipped, and they're the ones indoctrinating the kids and being militant Nazi style right. about the fear. Right. It's insane. Right. Did everyone not get high and listen to the Pink Floyd album, The Wall? I know. Like what? What happened to that generation? Like Fuck, did we that all was forget? What made us. Did we all forget? So good, dude. I saw a meme going around. 
from 67 to 73 or 75, you see this like six year old kid slamming a Coors Light at the beach <laughs> with a little uh, uh, 25 cent tattoo he got out of the bubble gum machine, you know? Right. It's like, that was me, bro. I remember those hey, days. Try the Michelob. I worked out all right, dude. <laughs> try the. <laughs> It's my stepdad. Try the Michelob. See if you like it. Right. Oh, I don't like it. Good. You'll never drink beer again. Like, right. That's it. That's how you learn, right? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I know. Where's our strength in people? It's like we're all walking around like a, like fucking, like, oh, so fragile and oversensitive and overconsiderate of all the problems in the world. Real oh. life idiocracy. There's so few actual problems in the world that we create right. them. Wow. Well said. We create them. That should be a topic at some point. It should because it's where we're at right now. There's so we actually have so few real problems. We're creating problems out of thin air that's just right. to be upset about something. Just to be upset about it, like <laughs> because that's because we're so unconsciously oppressed. Yeah. that we need that vent, and so that's more important than sucking it up and being intelligent, emotionally intelligent about stuff. It's to just vent and get all this energy out, drama, and and then relate to all the people doing it. So there's some sense of validation in it. Right. It's so fucked. Right. But y'all are gonna get us into a situation to where we're not gonna be able to get back out of it. Right. And you're to blame. Right. I'm just calling it out. It's all good, but just remember right. the choices we make every day create our future. That's right. And we're coming to the end of our set right now. And that was some heavy, deep shit. And we have some really positive stuff to bring about our local water situation. Oh, yeah. Positive second hour. Boom. (laughs) I was so excited to talk about this. Yeah. And about some new ideas that are coming. And we got some other positive shit on the way. Yeah, man. So we're going to take a little 15, sort ourselves out, get reset, and we shall be back soon. Why don't you give us a little plug? Uh, You can hit us up on wvcradio.live or you can call us at 530-859-0161 530-859-0161 text or call us or chime in on the chat sessions uh, or leave us something on Discord uh, maybe a topic, maybe a complaint, maybe a debate whatever, just interact, that's what we're here for we'll see you in the next hour stay tuned One of the scariest things about the Wuhan coronavirus, one of the many reasons all of us have long been so afraid of it, has always been how little we know about it. Ebola, malaria, cholera, obviously those are dangerous diseases. They've killed millions. But on the whole, we understand them pretty well, the fundamentals anyway. Anyway, we know how easily they spread. We know how deadly they are. This disease, by contrast, is entirely new. It's literally a novel coronavirus. Early accounts said the mystery illness coming from central China could be transmitted far more easily than the flu and that the death rate was remarkably high. Some reports suggested it could kill two, three, five, even eight percent of all those who got it. Worst case scenarios predicted millions and millions of people would die. The public was horrified. They still are. But how afraid should they be? Many people are still dying in this pandemic, including here in the United States. Beyond that fact, we still don't have the numbers we need to fully understand what's happening around us. Too few people have been tested. And yet, as of tonight, there are some suggestions of good news we want to bring them to you. Here's one. Between March 22nd and April 4th, a total of 215 pregnant women delivered babies at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital and Columbia University Irving Medical Center. Every single one of these women was screened for the coronavirus. It turned out that 33 of them had it. That's more than 15% of the total group. Of the infected, 29 of them, that's about 88% of them, were totally asymptomatic. 
So think about what that might mean if we extrapolated it citywide. As of April 4th, New York had more than 60,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus and a little over 2,200 deaths. If more than 15 percent of New York's population was infected, that would suggest a total of 1.3 million cases in New York, with only about 150,000 of them showing symptoms. In other words, the virus would be far more widespread than we expected it to be, but also far less deadly than we expected. The actual death rate would not be 3 or 4 percent. It would be closer to 0.2 percent. That would be great. Now, we don't know for certain that's the case. 215 people is a small sample, and in this specific case, it's not a representative sample. Hospitals are major vectors for the transmission of coronavirus. Pregnant women tend to spend a lot of time in hospitals. Pregnant women are also younger and healthier than most people, so it's possible they're also less likely to exhibit symptoms of the virus. We don't know. On the other hand, this is not the only study that suggests these trends. In Scotland, researchers tested 500 people three weeks into the outbreak there. More than 1 percent tested positive for antibodies to coronavirus. That is 12 times greater than the confirmed caseload in that country at that time, 12 times more. In Denmark, a little over a month into the outbreak, only 0.1 percent of the population was infected, according to official numbers. And yet a screening of 1,500 people found that 2.7 percent actually had antibodies. That would mean the true death rate from coronavirus there might be 127th as high as they thought it was. Meanwhile, in Germany, the official death rate from the coronavirus stands today at about 2.5 percent. That's a horrifying number. And it may be real. On the other hand, in the town of Gangelt, where large-scale random testing has been performed, the death rate was found to be just 0.37 percent. That's a fraction of the official numbers, barely one-seventh of it. So all of this is very encouraging news. If the infection is more widespread than we thought, by definition, that means the virus is less deadly. That would mean our burden on the healthcare system would be lower than we expected it to be. And in fact, we are seeing that. It would also mean that coronavirus may be closer than we knew to running its course. It would mean an awful lot of people have already been infected with it and then recovered without even knowing it. And those people could pause and let relief sweep over them and then get back to their lives. Above all, if this is true, if these trends hold, it would mean that the rest of us could be slightly less terrified going forward. Yes, this is awful. Yes, people are dying. Yes, they will continue to die here in the U.S. But it would not quite be the plague we thought it was. And that might give us some perspective. We could begin maybe to think clearly again. Most of us want all of that badly. But do our leaders want that? Sometimes when you watch them, you begin to suspect they're secretly enjoying our fear. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya is a Stanford University medical professor. He's been investigating the death rate from coronavirus, a fascinating and important number, and he joins us tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. What are you concluding about the real death rate, the actual death rate from this virus? I think, we're, I think based on the evidence I've seen so far, it's, it's likely orders of magnitude lower than the initial estimates. Uh, the, the World Health Organization put an estimate out that was, I think, initially 3.4 percent. It's, it's very unlikely that it's anywhere near that. It's, it's much likely, uh, much closer to the death rate that you see from the flu uh, per case. Uh, the problem, of course, is that we don't have a vaccine. So in that sense, it's more, it's more deadly and more widespread than the flu. Right. And uh, it overwhelms hospital systems in ways the flu doesn't. But per case, I don't think it's as deadly as people have thought. I know that it's very hard to come up with any kind of firm numbers in the absence of, of widespread testing, 
But do you think it's likely that there are large numbers of Americans who've been infected, recovered, and didn't know it? Yes, I believe that that is true. Um, in fact, we're going to start to know that very, very soon. I've been working on studies uh, with some colleagues of mine in, uh, in in Santa Clara County, in Los Angeles County, and and then also a, a large nationwide study working with Major League Baseball employees, uh, not just athletes, but all the employees. Uh, very soon, we're going to have a, a, a ac I think a, a much more accurate understanding of how widespread this is. Um, and then we'll, and we'll, as you said very well in your, in your introduction, we'll also know much better how deadly it actually is. Uh, evidence from the around the world is, is, is flowing in, and it it's really seems like there's many, many cases of the coronavirus that, uh, that we, we haven't identified with, with the, the testing regimens that we've had around the world. Uh, many orders of magnitude more people have been infected with it than I think, uh, I think that we realize. And that, as you, as you rightly pointed out, means that we, uh, the, the, the death rate is actually lower than, we, than people have realized, also by orders of magnitude. So, so one of the one of the destructive byproducts of this pandemic is fear, which is itself, I, I would say, it clearly is hurting people. You're an, an American, in addition to a physician and a researcher. Based on the research that you have done, are you more afraid or less afraid than you were when you began? I'm, I'm less afraid than I was when I began. I'm. I'm um, I, I think. Um, I mean, I, I, I've heard so many stories of people who can't hug their grandkids. Who are scared to hug their because they don't they don't want to get uh, the virus from from their from their from their kids because they're older. I've heard lots of stories of even of like uh, husbands and wives that can't won't won't hug each other because the the the, the wife is a nurse and the frontline worker. Uh, I think this sort of the, uh, understanding really the true death rate. If the death rate somewhere near one in a thousand, would you would you not hug your wife? I mean, it, I, if it's three in a hundred, you act very differently than if it's one in a thousand. So I'm hoping right. once we get accurate numbers in, in place, uh, we'll be able to really sort of quell the fear that's out there. Boy, that is one of the most reassuring things I've heard in a long time. Doctor, thank you truly for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. My pleasure. We're back. We're back. A little more positive hour this hour. That's right. And uh, we're currently getting the Instagram trying to get set up and rolling. Just bear with us for one second. Thanks for being patient. We're trying to get all these little glitches worked out. Yeah. Last week was weird. We had so much shit going weird. Like the recording stopped and like we couldn't post on Facebook and just all this random shit. It's crazy. But we're getting it figured out. And we're so glad that you're here with us. And um, here we go. We're going to get rolling now. We're going to start talking about the Crystal Geyser situation here locally. Let's get positive, yeah. That's right. Some major breakthroughs locally. And um, one sec here. All right. Let me know when you're ready. Bro. All right, I'm ready. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. We love you all out there. And maybe we'll go a little bit longer just because it took us a little longer to get back in. And we appreciate your patience sticking around. This means so much to us that we can, uh, you know, do our part. Because there's always this controversy of life that comes up. And this has been helpful for Chris and I yep. to be able to work through this stuff and try to find the middle. And last hour was a little intense. So we want to bring some positive through this. Oh, the back button? No, the back button. Just hit it. Um, and then it opens up. 
Yep. Is it good? Just so you know, Chris. Wait, okay. Let me do this for you. So you see this from now on. Very logged in. Bear with us, everyone. Sorry, it's my fault for fooling around with shit before we started. Here we go. It's all right. Let's just do it. I'll learn later. Thank you, brother. Um, trying to get it back on Instagram so people can watch us on Instagram. Yeah. Here we go. And we'll go a little longer. So we've got more yeah. topics tonight. Like that first ses- that first hour really took it up. So we had so much to say about it. Yeah. Anyway, we advocate through Environmental Review. Posted something this week on the Facebooks. That was very exciting and a big win for our community around our sacred water here and this situation we've been dealing with for a very long time and tied to one of our council members that we've been having issues with. So for this, there's a lot of positives in this. Um, Yeah. Mount Shasta City Council members state that Crystal Geyser will not proceed with beverage bottling project. This is huge, 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 huge. And we just want to first off congratulate. One sec. We have a visitor. One second. Um, oh, no, we're, yeah, yeah, just come back at noon at midnight. Yeah. Just please. Yeah. All good. It's all good. All right. Here we go. At Mount Chasta, we'll just restart this here. Mount Chasta City Council members. State that Crystal Geyser will not be proceeding with the beverage bottling project. At the May 11th Mount Shasta City Council meeting, sorry guys, at the May 11th Mount Shasta City Council meeting, Council Member Tim Stern stated that Crystal Geyser representatives had called Council members to inform that Crystal Geyser has no intention of proceeding with the project. That's interesting. Hmm. That they have placed the property up for sale and that they have vacated the building that was. Um, to be the beverage bottling plant on Ski Village Drive. Yeah. Council member Stearns advocated using this information to annex the property into the city limits to have more control over the property's future development, which is a good a good thing. Stearns had previously been one of the major boosters of the project, having cut the ribbon for it at the ceremony in 2013. This is potentially very good news for all the community members and the others concerned about our mountain environment and the type of development suitability for our community suitable for our community over the past six years many of you have put huge amounts of money time and resources to understand this project we demanded an environmental review against the desires of the county soups to protect our area from this possible water depletion pollution and noise none of this would have been possible without our community support well-attended public meetings eir comments and financial donations the city council statements were made shortly after water and the Winnemum Wintu tribe filed the open briefs on April 16th in our lawsuit challenging the fatally flawed Crystal Geyser EIR with the Appellate Court in Sacramento. The brief laid out the many flaws with the county's approval of the CG EIR, challenging impacts on air quality, aesthetics, greenhouse gas emissions, noise, and water and county enforcement. We are not sure yet what the announcement from the city council members will mean for our ongoing court challenge to the EIR. What is certain is that the city, the county, and the local area residents need to be vigilant and imaginative about what the property will become. 
That is amazing. That's and it, amazing. It's so amazing. And for me, I just want to say this right off the bat because I'm planting these big seeds. Yeah. We would like to see it, as we've been saying through the podcast, we want to make this into a water museum, also supporting the water warriors and giving them as a part of that museum to tell their story. Right. And the ideal thing in these times, especially with the pandemic and all the shit going on, we saw a a huge hit to our food supply chain. And so this whole big local food movement has been spawning up all over. And we would love to see that facility be turned into a hydroponic growing environment to stabilize our food security in our region and get people more involved with and workforce development with growing food and to be able to sell it back to our own community. Right. This directly ties into a movement that's already happening and getting ready to spawn up to this county from Shasta County, which there's a ton of support from Shasta College, from big farms, for some other big players that basically have handed me personally the aspect to grow this up to this community. And so for us, this is a huge deal. Like this is an opportunity that you it was almost impossible to fathom years ago. And so, yeah, years ago. And so now with this possible chance to acquire that building and turn it into something amazing, this is the awesome ultimate opportunity for something like this to really help our town, help our County, help our region and help everyone grow their own food, create jobs for people and supply local organic food to our community. Yeah, this would be real local jobs. They wouldn't be people brought in to run a bottling plant. These are actual people that are here that would be involved in this That's food right. project and the water and the water plant or the water museum. Right. Locals. And, and one of the big issues was the water waste. Right. And so this wouldn't have that no with a hydroponic as you re- repurpose that water into growing. Right. You recirculate it back into the plants. So this is like a huge solution. And there's already platforms in place to immediately deploy if we can just acquire or as we can just acquire this building with this in mind. I mean, to me, making us a a huge, this would make our community, this would help our community have a real direction Mm -hmm. about the water and how we, one, preserve it, but what we apply it to. Not just selling something that we make money that goes away from our community that right. gives people jobs. No, it gives people local jobs. It takes that water, repurposes it for the most highest thing, which everyone does is eat. eat. And organic food and creating jobs to grow food to sell back to community. To me, this is a real regenerative practice. Sure is. So. Sure is. Amazing. It is. And you thought years ago that we would have never defeated a company that large. And here we are. Here we are. Right. They're, they're backing out and moving out. I'm so proud of Which the people in this community. Yeah. That shows what we, the people, can do. When you fight. That right there. When is, you fight and stand up. That's right. And that's we right. want to encourage others to do that. Put your phone down. Let's let's yeah. fight for something real here in our town. Yep. And that's a big one. Yeah. It was like, huge. The one controversy in this whole thing is Tim Stearns, though. Like, okay, he's advocating it. Mm-hmm. Advocating for it. What was that for? Mm-hmm. To get a money out of it? Now, all of a sudden, is now he's not? Or is he? Is he just the liaison? Why did he? Why is he the one that presented it to the city? Mm-hmm. Why? What's up with that? So I want to know more about that. If anyone has any information, we'd like to know, because we're really trying to understand this man in our community and what his real bigger plan is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. good shit. Like Great good job, on him, Manchester. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Yeah, if we can get it into, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is get it into the hands of the city and then decide now and not worry about what kind of profit it's going to make or what it's going to be business-wise. Let's worry about what it can do here locally. And as far, right. as, <laughs> as far as food goes, I think you're seeing it with the gas shortages now and what we dealt with with the food shortages during COVID. Like, this Huge. is a real issue heading into the new world. <laughs> and right. if we better at least make sure our town is sustainable and that everyone can have food to eat and that it's all done right here locally and everyone can work That's there. Right. And, yeah, and, it's, and here's the other part of this. Like, when we were at the farm, or working at the farm during the COVID, we were considered by our county as critical infrastructure because we grow lots of food. Now, this could be something in our community that's actually based around critical infrastructure that will get so many more grants, so much more support that it's not out of people's private bank accounts. It's like there's a real opportunity here. And, you know, our mayor is one of the ones that I had this long, deep conversation, and he spawned the idea. So it's like, hey... We already have the people with the right mindset and the right perspective in place. We want to encourage everyone to strike this conversation up at whatever level. I feel like this would be a great place to start and then work from there because there's so many regenerative benefits from this. It's not just sustainable. It's regenerative because remember, sustainable is is just sustainable. It's not not a real solution. It's more of a word. And it's more of just breaking even in a way where regenerative is sustainable plus it regenerates more than it makes or than it takes to use. And so the regenerative is the true movement because you put energy in and then it starts making more on top of itself that benefits others, not just breaks even. So really this is an opportunity for this town to have a real direction yeah. and purpose with its most valuable resource. Right. It makes just fucking total sense. And add a museum on top of it to, oh uh, to pay God. homage to the Native Americans and the history of the water here and, and to bring all, all that. Fighters. Yes. Right. That's its own story on its own. Right. Yeah, now that's positive. Some positive, positive news lately. <laughs> it was good. Oh, it's so a huge good. win. So thank you for all those uh, people who stood up and fought for so many years to try and keep it out of here. We owe debt of gratitude to you guys. That's for right. And we're going to so. do everything we can to back this up with yep. something that can take this, move it forward because yep. that building being available is absolutely most important yep. right now more than ever in what ideas we lay down in foundation. Right. And so, like, come on. This is a, this is our chance. Yep. Like, this is something really cool. Yep. And then build a farmer's market around it and, like, this whole thing. Kind of our idea was like you have these hydroponic racks of uh, vegetable production, and you and you rent out or lease out certain uh, amount of rack to each person. Like they they basically get hired on to grow that rack, and right. like they benefit personally. They get paid by what they produce. And it's like the other movement is that creating like the program we're working on in Shasta County is is. Um, there's an educational platform that we have on our list of topics that I'll go into real fast is that we're creating this educational kit and program based on uh, worms and soil, living soil, a small hydroponic lettuce thing for garden to lunch program. And then um, this simple uh, raspberry pie programming um, kit that's like oh, uh, weather sensors and environment sensors and different things for the children to learn. And it's all accreditable um education in the Google system to where they learn all these aspects and then they take that home. Now, the bigger plan from that is to 
for a monthly fee, like local people can sign up if they have a land to grow on. They can sign up, use our platform for compliance and track from trace tra track and trace from seed to market, and then we'll guarantee to buy their food and sell it back to the community. And right. so the beginning of this is going to be an online menu that's going to uh, be for Shasta and Siskiyou County that you can basically go onto this menu, order food, and it gets either delivered to you or it gets dropped off at a farmer's market booth that you go and pick up your food every week. Right. So that's the rough. But that's already in motion right now. There's grants being provided right now. The college, Shasta College down there, is in this pilot program with us. And Indian Spring School in Big Bend is going to be the pilot school. They already have a greenhouse. We already have our smart systems in there. So the county supervisor for Shasta is hot on our trail. And so we have a meeting coming up soon to start this program for next year. Awesome. So we'd like to bring that up here in a boilerplate. And, like, this facility would be the ultimate be the spot growth be so, the spot yeah it would be it'd be amazing yeah so, anyway that's that yeah that's what a great update such a positive thing happening here man. yes and yes such a great 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 thing to yeah. be happening in town so score one to little guy that's right that's yeah. right yeah and, oh man it just can turn into so much more yeah so so that'll be our that uh, was our good news yeah that'll be our something that we're going to update you on now moving forward and um and then we're trying to bring the light into the community now you'll be seeing more out there publicly about uh i think you'll be probably seeing things brought up at council meetings now too now that this has been that this has happened now we can move forward with an idea for the water museum right. and regeneration and we encourage plan. everyone that's listening yep take some notes and and like if we all pitch in and go to the city council this will grab traction yep 100% it will because they're going to look for something for it to do. It's got to do something. You can't sit there right. vacant. You know, it's got to be. And what else would we do with it? Right. You know, I mean, right. there's ideas, but all of it requires a massive like undertaking and figuring out how, you know, you're going to justify what kind of business is ethical. Yeah. Now, can the city afford to buy it back is the question. <laughs> Well, yeah, but we can almost yeah. get grants for it because it's critical infrastructure. That's right. what I was getting at. Right. So. Right. Yeah, a lot of options with it, but good news is that they're not going to do it anymore, and um, and we can save the water, which is the whole point right. of it. Save and the water. And become water advocates in our community because right. that's our that's our that's our heart of our community. Yeah. Which brings up the other topic locally about Big Springs and the water war going on out there with the cartel growers. Yeah, we got an update from yes. our correspondent out there. Uh, she hit me up yesterday and left a message, and she was all positive. Uh, everything is working so far with the legislation they passed about the water trucks and the usage of bringing the trucks through there, pulling people over, not letting them bring them in. It's all kind of stopped. She was very excited um that everything seems to be working uh she did mention some negatives that the the people were starting to take it from the streams i believe she mentioned uh and they were still trying to truck the water trucks in at night uh so there, obviously there's going to be you know people trying to go around uh the new mandates and the laws brought into place but uh at least if we're seeing it work initially and then now we have to battle the um the workarounds as the people combat and try and get water in in other ways right. um she also mentioned that the uh, what was the other topic with that in regards to that. Um, bu -bu 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 Sorry, I'm spacing on it now. Sheriffs. Oh, it was the sheriffs. Uh, oh, the sheriffs had reached out to. They re reached out to the property owners there. I know that. 
Oh, she sent an official. I'm sorry. She sent an official. had reached out to her and let her know they were starting to take the water from the streams, right? And right. That was the other news. Which, in a positive, like, that shows that they're desperate. Yeah. That shows that it's scaling back. That takes the hit off of the ranchers and the people locally. Right. That alone, yes, it sucks that they're going to nature to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, that at least alleviates, especially going into the summer, that at least those water tables will be able to reestablish themselves for the community out there. Right, for the wells that have all been sucked And up. they're going to have to hide and do this stealthily mm-hmm. in the, through the creeks and at night. So it's going to lessen things huge yeah. on the impact. Yeah. So it is a positive. Yeah, it's all positive. So two, two things regarding water huge. this week that came out that were huge victories. Absolutely for, important. Yeah. Yeah, and the racism stuff seemed to die down. I didn't see anything more about that this week. And that after the uh, meeting at the Enrique, it all seemed to to dissipate um, and go away. But um, it's good to see that the actual practice of enforcing it is working. So kudos to the Amazing. sheriff's department and to uh, the city out there for taking care of it and getting it done, and the people for standing up. I know it's not easy. We know people that are scared to stand up because it's an actual cartel. You're standing up too, right? You know, you're feared. Well, you're, you talked about it last week. How yeah. many people, how many guns were pulled on the police yeah, because 70, they pulled them over? Seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking that's crazy. There should be a case about that. Yeah, that's that's fucking. It's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. threatening a life of an officer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why the people, you know, the people who live out there were just at this point of like, man, well, I want to speak up and I want to have my voice because it's my well and it's my water. But at the same time, you're fighting a cartel that could give two shits about your life and your family's life and, you know, or your well or your well. So you're this uh, dilemma of, you know, how much do I speak up? How boisterous do I get? Because they start looking for me. You're kind of out there all in the open, you know, that's right. A cartel shows up at your door. And they ain't going to do it in a day. No, they're going to do it in a day. So, there's yeah, a lot of people being brave right now. It, it takes a lot of courage to step up and speak hats up off to you guys. against a cartel like that. So kudos to you as well uh, for having the balls to do and it. And we will keep updates coming as they come in. Yep. Just keep everyone this is up to an issue that will be ongoing for sure for That's years. Right. That's right. But progress being made on both fronts regarding water. So good. Some positive news on the conscious thread. And it's all local. It's all local. It's sad to say we don't have much positive in the national no. <laughs> level. It's just all the same fucking shit. But yeah, that's right. Which is a part of what we're going to talk about. And we can control probably, things locally. <laughs> uh, yeah. To, yes. At least. Well, w- that's what we have the ability to do is locally right. in our body. Have self-control was what we've been trying to talk about is about setting down your fucking phone. Right. Get out in nature. Have some control. Look at our world around us and our immediate surroundings. And really self-preserve and, like, preserve our way of life and, and, like, really work on things we can see an impact on. That is That builds our, our self-esteem and our self-worth and love and right. all that shit, knowing we can play a valuable part instead of lip service and sitting on Facebook with people all over the place that we want friends as, you know, the whole bullshit story. Right. Like, we can actually do shit and, and, and really see a difference. Right. That, to me, is like, wow, like... Real stuff. Yeah, yep. we encourage more of that. Yeah. So, and you know, like that kind of brings up. I'm not. What other topics do you have? Well, we had the. Um, we kind of touched on the seasonal cold thing, and when we were getting into the vaccine and COVID on that portion of the show, right? Um, the local food updates was kind of brought into that. Yeah, that was um, that was all the positive stuff for the second hour, <laughs> which is good. 
No, that's great. We filled up almost half of our set here with it. Yeah, that's good. Um, but as far as other topics uh, that I had, I mean, we didn't get into the... Um, well, we can get into a little more of the divisive narrative, but I think we touched on that uh, in the very beginning of the show. Right. Um, and we could bring more in on that. Like, But, yeah, what else... What else is there? Did you have anything else? I had one thing. Let's see. I wanted to talk about the uh, real quick here. Give me a second. I'll pull it up on my list. So the um, well, I didn't want to really get into the wall. The wall was something I just thought was an interesting thing. You know, I want to read you two quotes. <laughs> it says this is from Joe Biden uh, a couple of years ago. A border wall is the physical embodiment of Donald Trump's inability to develop effective immigration policy. His use of Department of Defense funds for a wall is a phony answer to a real challenge we face, and he knows it. Now, this is a tweet from this week. <laughs> uh, news is confirmed via the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers that construction on the 13.4-mile stretch of the border wall in Rio Grande Valley will resume after pressure from local residents and politicians. The Biden administration previously halted all wall construction in January. So... Now, is this still a physical embodiment of Joe Biden's inability to develop effective immigration policy? Or I just love when the when the tweets come back to haunt you because the wall and whether you're a pro wall or anti wall, however your stance was on the wall, um, the facts show. And I think the Senate hearing showed that the other day that the wall worked, whether you wanted to spend the money on it or not and thought it was a waste of money or a waste of time or some people call the wall racist or however you want to frame it. Uh, the wall worked, um, and you saw what happened in January when we stopped, and then the, the crisis ramped back up again. Um, and I just like to point out the hypocrisy that it's when you have Orange Man in office, it was uh, the physical embodiment of an inability to develop effective immigration policy. But when uh, amnesia guys in office, uh, dementia, uh, all of a sudden, it's a solid policy for protecting the country from <laughs> immigration and poor immigration policy. So uh, you can't have it both ways. It was either a good idea or it was a bad idea. But right. if you're going to have to start picking up the wall again because it's, the crisis has gotten so bad, maybe just you want to come out and say, you know, maybe Trump wasn't so wrong on the wall <laughs> to begin yes. with. Right. And now, I'm, I'm, I, I can honestly say that when, the, when Trump won the election, I was anti-wall. Right, I was anti. Well, that seems like a waste of money building the wall down there. And over the four years, and now if you count this year being the fifth year of seeing the data, right, the wall has worked. Right. So and that was let's human throw trafficking. The right. Human that was bringing in all this drugs. random stuff, drugs. But then also this whole COVID thing. Right. How many infected people are we going to bring in that have not been treated? Right. Like that's just a variable that we're just inviting that in. Right. And it's not about ethics, or mm. I'm sorry, ethnic. No, it, it's at all. At it's all. about containing and having control of that influx that we didn't have control over. Right. And I saw a good meme that kind of speaks to this, too. It was the picture of the wall. You had a whole bunch of immigrants waiting at the bottom of the wall. And they said, no, oh, let us in, let us in. And I said, well, aren't you concerned about the white supremacy and the systemic racism? Why is everyone dying to get in <laughs> oh so bad? God. I'm like, oh, it's perfect because it's so true. Like if we're such a systemically racist country full of white supremacists, why the fuck is everyone trying to come here? <laughs> because we're obviously not. From every other From every culture. other country and culture out there. 
We're wow. obviously not. Is it just all the money we don't have? So I just thought I wanted to touch oh on that a little bit. Just the hypocrisy of, you know, when one politician is in an office, he can bash the other politician for doing this. But then when he gets in office, he thinks to himself, oh, actually, actually a good policy. Maybe we should bring that back. And, oh, yeah. But nothing gets said about it. You know, maybe Kids he was wrong. Cages. Kids in cages was so bad. But now they're all still in cages. But it's but a different president. So it's fine now. Even though Biden and Obama built the case. I, you know, we can go around and around on this. It's just a, the hypocrisy. I just want to point out, staying down the middle, I just want to point out the hypocrisy that just both sides just deflect and deflect. And it, it's like, where are the people that just see that? What does any side of the intelligence of either side see, see that right. and find fucking common ground? That's, right. that's been like the thread through all our podcasts right. is where is the common ground? Where are both sides talking about right. what's in the middle? Where are both presidents finding common policies yeah. that are positive? Can we both agree human trafficking is bad about this? Yeah, like, Jesus. Can we both agree the drugs being off is bad about this, right? Jesus. Like, can we just like agree on those things? Right. And then start from there? And before we get into it, this is racist. and No, it, human trafficking is not racist. All of those things don't really have any form. Right. It's all what we feel. Right. Instead of just data. Data of this is human trafficking. This is what's oh, going on. Oh, that science thing they talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the science has shown that the wall has worked. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. And whether you like, I didn't like, I, like, again, I'm someone who fought against the wall five years ago. Right. So here's me admitting that I was wrong. And it's okay to admit that you're wrong. Well, that's when you grow and your character how you gets learn. built. Is when we have the ability to agree to disagree. Right. And be honest and take accountability. Right. For us learning and saying, hey, I learned something. I, I, wow. I see some data now. Wow. Look, when they stopped the wall, this shit got crazy. The wall was uh, actually working. Get off the phone. <laughs> at least it's some phones. level of getting people, you know, making it at least harder to get in. Right. Um, well, right. It's just like the situation with the water wars. Right. Like just, just because they cut the trucks off. It lessened the impact. Right. That's a positive solution. Right. Doesn't mean it's going to stop it. Right. It slows it down. Huge. It makes it harder to get it. Right. No, it's that's huge. That's the thing. That's, but, that's more successful than creating an issue to where they, you know, anyway. It's, yeah. To me, there's, there's just seeing the positive, the willingness to see the positive instead of always looking for something to feel sad about because we're always just addicted to feeling sad to fit our narrative because we never figured out how to deal with our bullshit individually. Right. right. So no, I just wanted to see someone come out and say, hey, you know what? This idea wasn't too bad. Maybe we should keep building it. No, that's true. I did I'm, have I'm a one of those people that changed course over the course of five years. I've been shown that I was wrong in my initial stance five years ago. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit mm -hmm. about the, the hack. Oh, yeah, you should. The pipeline. Yeah, the pipeline. The gas. And, and what happened issue. and like what was actually what yeah. was going on with that. Now... From what I understood in some of the sources I researched, it was um, supposedly Russian. I tweeted about that because it's always Russian, right? Oh, but, that's but what I'm... anything in a hacker community knows that you would never set up your fucking address in the U.S. <laughs> you would always set it up somewhere, somewhere else. else. And it wasn't even in Russia. Right. That's the f data. But the propaganda is but real. But the proxies... Okay, so if anyone... If most people don't know it... It's always Russian. Well, right. And... Part of that narrative is to pin it on that. Yeah. But in when you're a hacker as a penetration tester or whatever, mm -hmm. you use a thing called a proxy. And a proxy will bounce your IP address from multiple places. If one of those proxies were located in Russia, which 
whenever you're doing a tour enabled or some kind of a proxy rotation, you're going to bounce to every country. You're going to hit it eventually, right? Exactly. And yeah. so all they did was they saw that a proxy rooted through Russia, Russia and so they made it into the narrative. I just want to yeah. bring that up. And that was in the facts because from what we're seeing, the dark side, who was the hackers, it wasn't based in there. A lot of people... Anyway, we'll leave it there. Yeah. That's the data, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to read a little something on this. It's called The Colonial Hack, How Did Cyber Attackers Shut Off the Pipeline? And so investigators at the largest fuel pipeline in the U.S. are working to recover from a devastating cyber attack that cut the flow of oil. The hack on the Colonial Pipeline is being seen as one of the most significant attacks on critical national infrastructure in history. The pipeline transports nearly half of the East Coast fuel supplies and prices at pumps are expected to rise if the outage lasts long. How can a pipeline be hacked? For many people, the image of the oil industry is one of pipes, pumps, and greasy black liquid. In truth, the, the type of modern operational colonial pipeline runs on is extremely digital. The pressure sensors, thermostats, valves, and pumps are used to monitor and control the flow of diesel, petrol, and jet fuel across hundreds of miles of piping. Colonial even has a high-tech smart pig pipeline inspection gauge robot that scurries through the pipes checking for anomalies. As all this operational technology is connected to a central system. As the cyber experts such as John Nichols from Checkpoint explain, there is a connectivity and there's a risk of cyber attack. All the devices used to run a modern pipeline are controlled by computers rather than being controlled physically by people. If they are connected to an organization's internal network and it gets hit with a cyber attack, then the pipeline itself is vulnerable to malicious attacks. How did the hackers break in? Direct attacks on operational tech are rare because these systems are usually better protected. So it's more likely that hackers, hackers gained access to the Colonial's computer system through the administrative side of the business. Some of the biggest attacks we've seen all started with an email, Mr. Nichols said. An employee might have been tricked into downloading some malware, which is called phishing, for an example. We've also seen recent examples of hackers getting in using weaknesses or compromising of a third-party software. Hackers will use any chance they can to gain a foothold in a network. So it shows in this map that I'm looking at all the key points of where there's critical infrastructure, computer-based monitoring systems that were vulnerable to an attack. It's not the actual pipeline itself. The it's cell. the computer monitoring regulating system that has done this. People need to understand that. Yeah. Right. It's different than we than might have thought. Right. Hackers could potentially have been inside the Colonial's IT network for weeks or even months before launching their ransomware attack. Now, just a quick update on what ransomware is, is ransomware is when you a hacker gets into your system, into your network. It'll infect one PC. And by doing that, what happens is it puts a remote access trojan, a rat, into the network. And that any, net, any computer that can be found in that network, which would be any office IT, uh, any laptop, any phone mm -hmm. that's connected to that network is a possible vulnerability. So if you have a personal employee that logs into their network to check their Facebook, that is a vulnerability. Right. And so once they do that, it's a common thing to scour the network, find any vulnerable device, find your way in, and then once they find root at source to the computers through the network that are running the, the system, right. 
they then put this software that what happens is it locks out users from being able to get in to control it. So they didn't actually affect the pipeline itself. Right. They just locked the IT department out, out of the computers. Right. And then made it held for ransom to get back in. Which they paid, I believe. Yes, in Bitcoin. So it's this whole other encrypted thing so they can't get found out where the money goes and whatnot. But all they did was lock people out. And by doing that, they weren't able to monitor and control the system. So by doing that, it raised the prices because of the vulnerability. So let right. me keep reading. Right. In the past, criminals have caused mayhem after finding their way into the software programs responsible for the operational tech. In February, a hacker gained access to the water system in Florida City and tried to pump a dangerous amount of chemo... Uh, pumped in a dangerous amount of a chemical. That's a different thing than the ransomware. Right. That's actually a, an attack on the on network. The, right. Okay? Right. Right. A worker saw it happening on a screen and stopped the attack in its tracks, which is totally possible if you have an IT team that knows what they're doing. Really? That's defendable. A ransomware, it almost isn't. Trojan, because it's hidden. Right? Because it's hidden, and then it spawns when you don't expect it, and the other things that the hackers did, which we'll get to this, I'll, I'll read on that, yeah. that supposedly they weren't in it to do it malicious. Oh. So oh, okay. a worker saw it happening. Okay. Similarly, in winter of 2015-16, hackers in Ukraine were able to, able to flick digital switches in a power plant causing cuts affecting hundreds of thousands of people. So that is an attack on a system that can be defended. Now, ransomware locks people out to where their systems get blocked from being accessible. That's a different thing. Doesn't mean that it affects the system from operating, but it locked out their techs. So, right. The simplest way to protect this operational tech is to keep it offline with no link to the internet. But this is becoming harder for businesses as everything's going smart and they increasingly rely on connected devices to improve efficiency with AI. Traditionally, organizations did something known as air gapping. Cyber security. Oh, never mind. Traditionally, organizations did something called air gapping, which is connecting to a computer without the internet. It's like direct point to point. Gotcha. They would make sure that the critical systems were run on separate networks, not linked to the outfacing IT. However, the nature of this changing world now means that everything is reliant on connectivity and accessing it remotely from the internet. Well, who are the hackers? The FBI has confirmed Darkside, a relatively new but prolific ransomware gang thought to be based thought thought to be based in Russia was responsible. Right. And that's because of the proxies like I was saying earlier. Right. There's no proof. There's no proof that it was lies. thought to be. That's like theory. And, the, and for people that are uh, and just in people that have no idea like what's involved with hacking. I think when they read these articles it's like it's just Russia trying to take down the U.S. Like, this has nothing to do with oh. the Cold War and Russia versus the U.S. They want nothing to do with this that. Is none, this is how the media spins it. Right. But the real issue is just could be could be people in North Dakota. could be a group in Virginia. Like, most likely. Most likely someone from the U.S., inside the U.S., that just wants to, with either trying to bring awareness to something else, which is normally, like, there's an ulterior motive to get attention for something else, That's or right. they're just being dicks and they want to fuck around with shit. But usually there's a when they're this level hackers, right? It's usually someone that's there's an ulterior motive that you're trying to bring other. And attention we to. did, I did personally find the information on what they tweeted and what they talked about. They're tweeting. They they even said that they won't ever hit schools, critical infrastructure like hospitals, anything that affects a human being. 
Right. This was to get the credentials of the elite bigwigs behind this industry that are raping America. Right. That was their whole intention right. to get the credentials. They weren't even there to shut down the pipeline. They just wanted to They wanted the credentials of the people involved. Right. So, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um it is unusual it, it is unusual for grim, criminal gangs to attack critical national infrastructure. Yep. But experts say such as Andy Norton from Cyber Defender Armis says it is a growing concern. What we're seeing now is ransomware gangs are maturing. Where there is critical public service on the line, there is a more chance of getting the ransom paid. Your network has been locked. Interesting. Interestingly enough, the group posted something of an apology. See, it's talking about the shit that right. I found right in when it first happened. Right. It, uh, Interestingly, the group posted something of an apology for the hack on its Darknet website. Although not directly referencing Colonial, it referred to today's news saying, our goal is to make money and not create problems for society. From to, That's even a spin on what I read from them actually. Right. So this shows they didn't even report what they, they did. didn't even no <laughs> they didn't report that they Just were trying to get the creds of, of these fucking money mongers right because they can't admit that hackers might actually have a, a good ulterior motive. Ethical hacking is a whole thing you can do in college. It's like important yeah. to learn how to defend systems. Right. So right from today we introduced um, modern uh, moderation and check each company that okay this is what they're saying yeah. Our goal is to make money and not creating problems for society. They never said they wanted to make money. They were saying to take down the money mongers. Right. So they also said in this article, from today, we introduce moderation and check each company that our partners want to encrypt and avoid social consequences in the future. Like many ransomware groups, Darkside runs an affiliate program allowing partners to use its malware to attack targets in exchange for a percent of the ransomware profits. Darkside had previously said it would start donate. Here's where it, it does talk about what I was reading. Okay. Darkside has has pre- previously said it would start donating some of its extorted money to charities. And what was funny about it is what I was reading is the charities didn't accept their money. They tried like multiple places to donate all the money they were making into these charities. Like a modern style Peter Payne. Uh, Robert Robin Hood. Uh, uh, Robin Hood, I mean. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. When they're, they're taking it from the they, hoarders and giving I'm it surprised they didn't call charities. it the Robin Hood, right. you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Robin the Hood. The Russian Hood, yeah. So um, how can critical services be protected? Experts have long concerned about critical national infrastructure being hacked. Last month, the Ransomware Task Force Global Coalition of Experts called, in a na- called it a national security risk. Of course. And see, this ties into Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset, and how he talked about these big cyber attacks are going to affect America's infrastructure. Right. And this just fits that narrative too perfectly. Right. That who knows who's actually behind the dark side. Right. So, right. The group says governments need to take urgent action to prevent ransoms from being paid in secret. It also pr- wants to put pressure on countries such as Russia, Iran, and North Korea, all the nuclear-bearing countries, yeah. which are regularly accused of harboring ransomware groups. But Mr. Norton says organizations need to take responsibility as well. Yeah, It's up to organizations to implement the type of cybersecurity that is appropriate and proportionate and is recognized that there are more teeth required by regulators to enforce this, he says. So. And it's true. It's 
the, the way you deal with this stuff mm-hmm. is by being ethical. Right. You will not get hacked. I'm going to put this right. back to the old days. The original hackers on operating systems all were Windows. Why? Because Bill Gates stole, fucking stole someone else's idea and made it his own and locked it down and made it proprietary. Right. Linux was here long before Mac and fucking Microsoft right. in the ways where it was all open source. It was community driven. People built it for benefiting humanity. Right. But when Bill Gates took a kernel and made his own DOS, DOS, dirty operating system, he took it and proprietized it, made it his own, locked it, locked people out of it, and immediately the hackers started hacking. Like one of the original viruses right. I remember reading on said, Bill Gates, you'll never keep us out. Right. And it was like this whole thing way back in the beginning. Right. Right. And then we zoom forward and who's Bill Gates in our world today and how much fucking influences does he have? Right. And he started viruses being put on the computers by him being a money monger and trying to control the world. Right. So anyway, just wanted to tie that in. Yeah, because there's no there's no relationship there to what's going on now with <laughs> Yeah, his his doctorate his eugenics degree. And, yeah, his doctor degree, same as uh uh what's his name? Rogan, Joe Rogan's. They have the yeah. same degrees, but Joe's not allowed to comment on viruses or vaccines, but Bill is. It's so fucked. <laughs> anyway, that was anyway. just something I wanted to bring through. Well, that's good. I, for people that don't understand hacking or just what goes into hacking, most, like, like you mentioned, most of it, if these companies were just ethical and didn't hoard money and rape the American public, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be a target to be hacked in the first place. And I just want to say this. Being a hacker myself. Yeah. Is that hackers are what evolve technology. Hackers keep us safe right. because when usually in ethical penetration testing, the reason why they do that is to find vulnerabilities. The only way you're going to do it is to have someone hack your network. Then you find a vulnerability. Yeah. So hackers are the only way technology will evolve to become secure. Right. They just advance, like they a, advance, just they like the them. only way we can build our immune system is yeah. to have a virus to build it from and get it. It's the same fucking principle. Same thing. They work the same way. And so I just want to kind of leave it there. Yeah, that's perfect. Because this says so much about what we're trying to say yeah. and all this stuff and how we're all being affected by this, the COVID mindset, then this vaccine. Then you have critical infrastructure being hacked. And how we're dealing with it where it's raising the prices of gas for us to be mobile and be more free. More security. More, more security. But right. that gasoline is what helps people move around and have a sense of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Without that and you're with the COVID lockdown, you're making less money and your gas costs more. It seems like it's all part of a strategy. Seems like it. Seems so like yeah, it. Yeah. Do your fucking homework, people. Yeah. Like, come on, let's put these pieces together. Well, I, Don't just sit here on your fucking phone, lazy, searching through Facebook, finding articles that other people share. Yeah. Do your homework. Yeah. It's important that we understand. We're trying to do that here and bring some value to what the middle ground holds and why this is a binary universe and there's both sides that it takes to make the whole. Like, everything is included in the whole. It's not one side or the other. Right. All lives do matter. Right. Right. And nothing's made me more <laughs> aware of <laughs> what majority people in society are like 
than COVID when we lost all sense of logic. But now seeing the gas shortage return like the 70s, right. watching people fill up plastic bags. Jesus And Christ. like these jugs to bring it home in. What are you going to do with it? What, are you gonna, what, what goes through your head when you pull out a bag to put gasoline in it's it? It's as absurd as toilet paper, bro. But I, I got to remind myself that a lot of the people that are I'm frustrated at that logic is gone and a lot of this stuff, these are the people that you're trying to have logical discussions with. Oh, my with. God. People that are storing gas in trash bags and taking it home because of the gas shortage. Right, and we're trying to be considerate for these folks? Right. Why, because they're so fucking ignorant? Can we just let survival of the fittest? Like, weed it out. Weed it out. So there's that positive of the population control, which Bill Gates has followed in his daddy's footsteps. Right. It's like, hey, I give it up to him. Like, I agree there is a problem. Too right. many people fucking and eating right. and taking up the space because they have more kids when they're not wanting them. And then you got to build more concrete to build more houses that takes away the earth to grow food. Right. So there is an issue. Right. But why are we trying to be compassionate to these fucking people? Right. Jesus. No, I get it. We love everyone. Yeah. But you don't have to like them. It's not our job. You don't have to. <laughs> it's right. You have to be told to like them or no, save them. or wear a mask because or of save them. them. Like, yeah. oh, we got to wear a mask because people don't take care of themselves. What logic Why is there? What logic is that? No. Let them figure that out. I yeah. have to. I've been taught that, and I've been pounded in my head that, dude, you got to figure your shit out. Right. Right. You got mommy and daddy issues? Fucking deal with it. Right. Don't take it out on others, and don't go try to find someone else to soothe your problems. Get off your phone. Live your life. Get out in nature. Get in the sun. Right. Let's get back to our human nature. Right. We love you, everybody. Right. <laughs> We're coming to the end of our of our set yeah, here. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was a interesting evening, and yeah. we're so grateful for everyone who is plugged in and listening. And you know, we're gonna keep staying in the middle, keep bringing so, up these talkers. Give us something to talk about, though. I know. We want more involvement. Hit us up on our Facebook WVC Radio or Instagram WVC Radio. Post topics. Give us stuff to talk about. Right. Come on. You know, we're doing this on our own. We're trying to figure out what's out there. Yep. We're scraping the internet, forcing us to be on the Facebooks and all these other things <laughs> right. to find this data. Come help us out. Get involved. Right. We'd love to have you in on a podcast, too, if you're interested. Yep. Reach Got out to us. hot shit to talk about. Yep. Let's do this. We love healthy debate. 100%. Let's give us a call. 530-859-0161. 530-859-0161. Reach out to us because we're doing this for the community. This is an outlet for everybody. And check out our website, wvcradio.live. That's right. You can always tune in if you can't find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can always listen to us there with 24-hour radio, um, ad-free. Yep, commercial-free. That's right. All right, everybody. We right, love man. you all. Conscious Thread Podcast. We'll see you next Friday. Right. Much love.